Welcome to Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette will give you honest, in-depth book reviews and share book-themed rambles that may or may not on occasions take a dark and twisty, if not utterly bizarre turn. Reviews start with light spoilers, if you want to know if the books are any good. And then we head to the spoiler floor! Where we give a blow-by-blow breakdown for any of you cheeky chappies who want to sound like you've read the book, but just don't have the time to read it. Or those of you that did read it and thought, what the fuck? Either way, be warned, every episode will contain spoilers and language that some listeners may find offensive thus the explicit rating so consider yourself thoroughly fucking warned (laughs) now take a seat buckle up buttercup it's time to begin hello and welcome everyone to another episode of two groans and a book with your host shell and and annette We are doing a review this time round. It's a debut novel from an Irish author called A.M. Shine. Uh, It's described as a spine-chilling Irish horror adventure set in the remote and sinister forests of Ireland. The synopsis, Annette, would you like the synopsis? Yes, please, my darling. Forest isn't charted on any map. Every car breaks down at its tree line. Meaningless is no different. Left stranded, she is forced into the dark woodland only to find a woman shouting, urging Mina to run into a concrete bunker. As the door slams behind her, the building is besieged by screams. Mina finds herself in a room with a wall of glass and an electric light that activates at nightfall when the watchers come above ground. These creatures emerge to observe their captive humans and terrible things happen to anyone who doesn't reach the bunker in time. Afraid and trapped among strangers, Mina is desperate for answers. Who are the watchers and why are these creatures keeping them imprisoned, keen to watch their every move? So, uh, for the uh, printed version, it's 320 pages. Mm -hmm. What was your audible, my lovely? Nine hours 27, which is fair to middling on the books we've had. I'm going to say, listening wise, it was a a slowish start to get into, but once you did. It was a bit good. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to say, as if I was to describe this book, it is a very quiet book, but when it get when it gets loud, it roars. So we will be careful at this point and say that we're sticking to the normal format, which is light yep. spoilers initially, and then we will go to the spoiler floor where it's full disclosure, um, just to reassure anyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. But what Annette just said, I completely agree with. And I think the quietness and the subtleness of the book actually makes the shouting louder. When it hits, Definitely. you're like, ooh. Yeah. I mean, if I was to compare this to, like, a, a say, a movie or something, because obviously, I think, considering the kind of listeners we have, obviously, you are the far more well-read than I am. But that's been obvious throughout as we've gone on. You are. You're far more well-read. and. I disagree. Uh, I think oh. we just read different genres, that's all. Well, I th- you've definitely read more than I have. We'll have to admit that one. You have definitely. I, I'm i slightly more of the, like the movie side and things like that. Um, oh, that is your bag, yeah. It is. That's, that's, that's my jam. So <laughs> I know we've got listeners that um, kind of sh- stride both sides. And yes. And... There'll be some maybe that's coming in that may know me from other podcasts in the past that were like more mm-hmm. movie based. So if I was to reference it as a comparison, it would probably be something like kind of like the quiet ones, maybe. Yes. Very much that kind of feel. 
Um, one of yeah. those kind of like slow burns where it doesn't feel like much is happening, but when it does, holy shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's safe to, to say at this point, straight out the back, I really liked it. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so yeah. glad you recommended this one. I would. I don't think I would have ever heard of it. And the thing is, because of where it's based, it is in a uh, county Galway. Yeah. Uh, that's that <laughs> is that is my side of Ireland, the West Coast. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's <laughs> it's set in the. Um, I mean, they do say it's like an uncharted forest, but you know, it's like kind of loosely based on the Connemara National Park, which was only established mm. like I think in 1980. But you're talking about 2,000 hectares of land absolutely mm. epic forestry and mountains and it's like you could just oh put yourself there you could get lost in there very yeah. very easily i mean you had an experience this week that was a bit akin to it wasn't it, <laughs> it was so... don't even go there <laughs> she sent me a message i was in the middle of a of a department shop department store and i had my phone on and she sent me a video clip <laughs> And I have my phone on far too loud. <laughs> and the, the entire store went, I am having to go out to this place for this event. And look at what's the fucking side of me. <laughs> and she's like skirting this tree line. I was fucking driving through a forest in pissing down rain. All by myself, no street lights, no people or anything. I was like, "This, I have just read this. This is not good." <laughs> it was like, my full pelt my phone. If you don't hear from me, babe, fucking hell, call the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what was your response? Uh, I played it to Andy and laughed my ass off. <laughs> no, yeah. what did I say again? I can't remember. You, you got, well, it was nice knowing you. If I don't hear from you later, I was like, fine. <laughs> that was, Andy told me to say that I didn't say Yeah. <laughs> Poor Andy getting blamed. <gasps> don't feel sorry for me, was it? But I said, I had to go tell her like you said that. <laughs> no, no, don't tell her I said that. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's, I think because of our relationship with Ireland. Yes. Sorry, I'm very husky. I think I've got a cold coming again. Oh, sorry, you're going back into your sexy voice. It's all good. I'm sexy. We can do the sexy voice. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, it, I think that helped. I mean, there's a, a scene later in the book. I won't go into what it is or why, but there's a scene later in the book where they're approaching a house and the description of the approach to the house and then the house itself was identical to a, a friend's house that lives in Ireland. So you, you're getting those visuals of knowing what those forests are like yeah. and how epic and beautiful, but at the same time, eerily calm um, and, and empty yeah. are. You can wander through them and not see anybody. And then that house, it really made me even more invested because it wasn't just imagine, imagination. I had that visualization with it as well. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. Well, you can tell. Obviously, the author is from Galway. Yep. Because, um, as I say, my family are from like a couple of counties over. It's not that far. And that th there's this whole opening scene where our uh, our lead character Mina uh, works in a bar, and she's she's talking about these characters in the pub where she works, yeah. and just the conversation yeah. they're having is like, this. Oh my God, this is a snapshot of going home to see the family. Yeah. He did it so so well, so well. Yeah, he's really must have reflected what what was around him and what he's used to. It was there really was that familiarity where you were just going, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so you know, like, those times you sat down, I should be recording this and this this beggar's done it and he's done it to perfection. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean for anyone who hasn't read it, which we're assuming you haven't, he um you make it starts off with your your well the starting of the book was pretty cool because it starts off with we're not giving too much away because this is really early starts off with a a guy who is running through the woods and he's trying to outrun these these things because it's getting dark and it was quite a big uh, that is right isn't it in it that is the beginning Um, well it it started initially with um kira and john two characters were in the house and she just wanted to stay home watch movies and yes. he insisted that they let's do something a bit different let's go out let's go have a walk in the you know woods get some fresh air mm. and all that she wasn't into it but he convinced her and then it kind of flashes forward then to john being in the woods on his own yeah and that's where we pick up from yeah you and you get that snapshot of horror don't you you know that's when you start to think oh this is this is quite creepy this isn't very good yeah and I, I was I was kind of invested there. And then it jumps to Mina. And Mina is uh, our main character. Mm-hmm. And she, it kind of died down a little bit. And it really was more like you were observing. Yeah. Rather than anything was happening or that you, you were witnessing. For me, anyway, it was like you were observing. Actually, on reflection, I wonder if that's part of the theme, if you're supposed to feel like that because of the watching thing. Oh, see now, levels, levels. Um, and I was a little bit, it was entertaining, but I, it, as you said, it was a slow burn. Yeah. Um, but I did like her character straight off. Yeah, she was very relatable. Definitely. Um, and she basically with this this old old guy that's in every Irish pub <laughs> who is all about making a pound note yeah. in every which way um, with their, their poacher's trench coat um, <laughs> that she knows really well, says to her, you know, look, I'll, I'll I've got an opportunity to make 400 euros. You can have 200 euros. Yep. All you've got to do is take this parrot to this guy's house. Oh, it's, oh, it's not gonna... just a parrot, Michelle. Let's get this right. Well, <laughs> this is how he sells it to yeah. her. Is it's just a parrot. And she goes, well, all right then, because she's hard up for cash. Her mum's just died and she, she, she makes most of her money. She's an artist, but she makes most of her money by playing cards. So she says, yeah, all right, then it's an easy 200 euro. And she goes and she breaks down. But what I loved about this is that she didn't leave the parrot in the car. No. And the parrot, for me, became very significant in this book. The golden conure. <laughs> it's constantly... The yellow one. Well, like, when you're listening to it in the audio, that's the amount of times he pronounces this to her. <laughs> in the <laughs> golden conure. It's like... <laughs> walking down the street, listening to this... <laughs> I'm doing it with a golden conure. <laughs> See, the bit that was for me is, is later in the book. <laughs> she just starts referring to him because she kind of, of, of loves this bird, I think. I think I think she eventually forgot that he was called a golden conure. That's why she started calling him the yellow one. <laughs> <laughs> well, she starts referring to him as the yellow one. The yellow one. The yellow fella. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Um, and, and she basically wanders into this this forest as night is falling. And as she gets to a certain point, she gets a bit turned around. And as she gets to a certain point, all of a sudden there is a woman that we later discover is a lady called Madeleine. 
screaming at her to get in to this bunker and to run. So she does and she gets in um, and then the woman locks all the doors. And that That's where you go up a level. It's not full horror yet, but you, you go up a level. You know that now you're you're in that, that place where it's all going to begin. I mean, can you, just, can you even just imagine that? Like, you, you, your cows broke down, you're in the side. Right, surely it's not going to be that far now that I've got left to go. So I'm just going to cut through these woods and surely I'm going to find something. And then out of nowhere, as he does, this <laughs> mad woman is get in the bunker! Because <laughs> she can hear things happening around her now that she couldn't before, Yeah, there's like, she? all right, you, you know when you get that vibe, yeah, no, yeah, I need to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the bird starts, the, the yellow, yellow one, one starts going, <laughs> he starts going he mad, does. doesn't he? And it kind of adds to her yeah. frenzy. Um, and she she goes into this bunker. But then, like, how much further we um, think once we go into this, we're starting to get into heavy. We are. Should we um, just say there are other characters also inside this bunker? So there is Madeline, who's called her in. And then we will also be introduced to Daniel and Kira. And they have their own stories that unfold within this story. And I think if once we start going past this, we're going into... I think you're right. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're going to pause... We're going to, to go to the spoiler floor where we're going to let rip now and we're just going to talk freely and not be cautious so you are fully, fully warned. But we we it, this is definitely a recommendation from both definitely. of us. Definitely. Right, pick up the other one. Let's get in the feckin' lift. Why now, James and Michelle? Be warned. We're on Run our it. way. Jesus. Janie Mack, will you get in the feckin' lift, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next stop, the spoiler floor. So, Gorgian <laughs> Conyers are parrots such yellow. <laughs> Do you, do, do you know, right, that <laughs> I do have to say, out of all the books that we've read, and some of them this yeah. year have been really, really good, um, I don't think any have had a, a line or a haunting effect on us once we finished it. Whereas I have been walking around going, yeah. the yellow one. It really has <laughs> stuck. It really has, like... Jess, Michelle, now, I've been listening to a woman in an Irish accent for a week solid, and Jess is not taking me back home. I feel like I'm back there. I swear to God. It's been a long time. It made me want to get on a fucking plane. I was like, you know, I wanted to bring my mouth and go, Jess, no, I've never been to Galway on my own. Yeah, you know, I always stick to home. Oh, I could go to the, the National Park. Oh, I could go wild camping. Oh, it'd be, yeah. oh, it'd be class. <laughs> I did wonder if you could try and find well, this they... place. And then I thought to myself, you <laughs> fucking idiot. He, he says it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I want to find a bunker where I'm going to be stuck with a lot of fucking things hunting me down. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can oh, tell we liked it. I mean, the breakdown of the the, the book, oh. correct me if I'm wrong, Anna, is you get jumps, and it's very clearly stated, between the characters. 
so you you get to find out John was uh, Kira's husband. Kira's. Sorry. <laughs> It's Kira! It's Kira! It's Royce! <laughs> really fucking bad with names at the best of times. because um, I'm related <laughs> to like 20 Kiras, so it's... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's important to mention at this point, I have to confess, ladies and gentlemen, that I've lost my notes. Ooh. I keep. So maybe a little bit more chaotic from my front <laughs> than normal. But you, you, so you get these characters and it very clearly states as uh, he jumps back and forth. So you kind of... It was really cleverly done because you get a... A bit of backstory as well as a flash of where yeah. they are now. But she starts with her entering the bunker and the, the bird's going absolutely mental. And as she goes in, she the doors are locked behind her and she's greeted by uh, this this Madeleine and this Daniel and this... Well, Kira, yeah, they well, Kira? eventually Kira, because Kira. Kira's kind of like buried in, underneath all these coats and things. Because she's really grieving yeah. for her, her yeah. husband, isn't she? Um, and it transpires that what becomes apparent is that now you cannot go out of this bunker after dark. And there's a, an automatic light that comes on, which is a signal yeah. that shit is happening. In this bunker, there's only one room. Yeah, it's referred to as the coop. But part of the whole wall of, of one side of the coop is a, a mm-hmm. two-way mirror. And you can't sleep or hide because if the watchers can't see you they go into yeah, a fucking the, frenzy the screaming the, sh- the roaring the banging on the windows and the walls i mean yeah it's reinforced but you know how much can this building take yeah because they are relentless and it will go on throughout the night yeah. even if they can't see one of you out of sight they freak out and, and as it goes on you find out that these watchers are um, living in burrows under the ground around the, yep. the the coop and the bunker spread out for quite a few miles at this point i will say i was a little bit hesitant and i did say to myself please don't let it be aliens <laughs> i didn't even think that it was the whole watching thing i thought please don't let i mean i like aliens I, you know love a good alien book but i was like no, please please it you know it's ireland i've got a lot of hope riding on this <laughs> there's so much good folklore please please yeah you know <laughs> please don't let it be aliens yeah. and it fucking wasn't thank god <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and, and they kind of set this trend as they, they go along. Backstories for the characters are Daniel's just a kid. You find out that his dad was an asshole mm-hmm. uh, and used to knock him about and ignored him generally horrible. Yeah. So he nicks the keys to the bike and he runs away from home on the bike. I think he's about 18. Yeah, he's, like he's that. not that old. And obviously, as we know, all like machinery bikes, the transport breaks down just yeah. outside and that's how he ended up there we know how Kira and John ended up there because that's right at the beginning that's your your intro and your taste of the watchers yeah. and for for, Madel- for Madeline it's it's not made quite clear but through her conversations with Mina you you find out that she's actually been there for was it two years three months yeah yeah for, you know so when that when how that's revealed is like Fuck! If you were Mina, you'd absolutely cack it. It's like you've been here that long. Yeah, absolutely devastating. And and there's been multiple attempts um, by John to escape before he meets his his tragic end. Yep. And he meets his tragic end because he goes too far. So every day he goes out, and his his theory is, you know, it didn't take us that long to walk in. Yeah, we must be able to get out. 
So he runs a little bit further every day and he he mistimes it and he doesn't make it back yeah. before dark. Well, yeah, because there is there is only one golden rule in the coop and it is uh, scrolled across the top of it. Is it a, a top of fireplace or on the wall? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it is always stay in the light. So yeah. that light bulb is your lifeline. And he just didn't make it back in time. No. Especially because obviously he wouldn't be able to change the seasons as well. They were much shorter in Ireland um, during mm. the winter months. The summers are much, much longer. Yeah. So obviously then with the changes of the seasons, he didn't see, you know, yeah. real, and that's... Because it's approaching Christmas, isn't it, it? Is. When, when this starts? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he, he's, he's caught by, by the watchers. Um. I don't know what direction to go in. All I can say is things big. I mean, they're, they're on a really strict diet. Nothing will land on the ground. And I started to ask questions there. So it, it, through conversations, Mina uh, begins to find out that you've got to stay in the light. Um, you, you, you know, they have to put bird traps to eat high up in the trees because even the birds won't land on the ground. Yeah, it, it, it's it's all very apparent that Madeline is very much the the alpha of this group. Um, yeah, and what I, what I did like with that is she she tries to take Mina's bag when Mina comes in, and Mina's not having any of yeah. it. Yeah, and this is where the parrot for me became established in my mind because she turns around to Mina and says, "We we can eat the parrot." Is the gist of it? I can't remember her exact yeah. words, but she's like, "If, we'll if you don't parrot. catch any food." he's going to be like yeah yeah and mina turns around and goes i'm leaving this place and when i leave i'm taking him with me." it's like oh yeah mina <laughs> yeah um and uh, yeah and she never madeleine never makes it to go through her bag either does she no um she kind of likes she's like okay Ma- madeleine knows kind of what she's dealing with there um but it's i think it, that's all part of her way of again getting mina to do what she needs her to do. Yeah, don't fight her on the shit you don't need her to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. So Madeline very quickly seems to understand how to manipulate, to control people to do mm. what she needs them to do. With Daniel, it's it's not the healthiest because she very much takes a very domineering, like his father's approach. Yes. But yeah. in a in a in a sick way, it is the way to get him to do what she needs him what to needs do. to be done yeah yeah um kira she 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 kind of struggles with kira because she's dealing with grief and madeline just kind of doesn't seem to um, get it at this point yeah she doesn't like understand you know what she's going through she's very much survival it's like getting through day to day for madeline yeah. and you think that she doesn't give a crap about any of them but then when you think about it, it's like, well, if she didn't give a crap, why did she call out for Mina? Yeah, and, w- and why has she not left them to die? Because yeah. she holds the keys to the coop. She, she is the key keeper of this place. And the fact that even though she's quite abusive to Daniel verbally, mm. um, she's very cold to Kira, uh, you know, and then her relationship with uh, Mina is still developing. But it's the fact that they're still alive and she could, if she is this evil bitch, you could have just left them to die very easily. easily but she didn't yeah. she she took them all in she's keeping them fed she's keeping them watered but it's a very yeah. strict rule and it's her rules yeah and and yeah the the relationships um begin to, to develop so for example Kara, kira kira yeah kira 
she i'm just going to struggle with that all the way it's through. okay <laughs> kira um she although she's sad and she's a bit depressive mina is drawn to her because she's she's quite kind and she's quite bubbly and i think one of the significant moments when the dynamics within the team begin to change are when one night they they hear john don't they mm-hmm. yes they hear what um, they think is john yeah out in the woods and, her immediate instinct is to open the door because she can hear her husband. Yeah. And she, she goes into a frenzy, but Madeleine will not give up the keys. Even Mina turns around and says to her, you know, we can't open the door. You know, it, we just can't do it. Yeah. Um, and Daniel is absolutely no use to in the circumstances at all. And, and even he is like, you know, opening the door is, is, is not good. Yeah. So they spend all night listening to what sounds like, um, John in utter torture um, and agony and from that point she takes a real decline doesn't she she disengages from the group yeah. and she won't forgive them and there's a change in that that dynamic yeah. um, in in the the coop I I just for some reason I, and I know it doesn't really pan out but I, I didn't trust Kira I really didn't I thought she had more influence than was let on especially over Daniel. Yeah, I I think I think to a certain extent she was was using Daniel as a substitute for John. I think she was a woman who probably needed to be loved. Yeah. Um one of the things I'll say with this book is it was very good at prompting you to ask yourself questions that you could then overly focus on and miss other things. Definitely. So at this point one of the things for me was if they can't run out and they can't run in before it gets dark how the fuck did they build a bunker? Yeah, well, and yes. I was caught up on that for a while. Yeah. Well, especially when um, she, when Mina is talking to Madeline and Madeline says that she had been researching the area and yes. that's how she ended up there. And it was all very much, I mean, these, these creatures are like older than time itself, you know. But at this point, it's still not identified what they no, are. No, but she's going off of folklore that she's read on. Yeah. And um, it dates, she said, like, the first um, known thing in written history was something like in the... 1300s. 1300s, I think, maybe even, like, the yeah. 1000s or something. Yeah. Um, it, they date, that was the first early recording of them, and it kind of stops... Um, earlyish on, doesn't it, in like the 1600s mm. or something, as far as her knowledge is aware. But then it still leaves you a question: if if all that happened, like the, you know, it, uh, was it the uh, was it the British or the Romans who would come into the land to try? It was yeah. well, it was whoever you know came in to invade the land. They'd invaded Ireland. They wanted to invade this area, and the the only reason the information got out was one soldier was kept alive. Made it, yeah. He got straight on his horse and got out of there without stopping once, and all the rest had died like during the dying. and disappeared because yeah. your body's never retrieved. No, so he goes back and he retells the story, and that was the first known thing of it. And then it kind of it's like all her information kind of stops not that much further along, yeah. And it's, I think, it's when that's being discussed, the relationship between Madeleine and Mina begins to change yep. because as a result and we are in full spoiler area everybody um 
Daniel steals the keys off of Madeleine. Yeah, it was. There's an incident when they're collecting the water, isn't there? Where yeah. she goes a bit too in on him, and and then she drops the keys, and before she can react, he grabs them and runs back to the coop. And you know, in my head though, I thought it was Kira put him up to that. Like, you wait for that moment, you get them keys. I did too. I I I thought that because he goes bursting in, and you know it's not Mina because Mina's sitting there warming her feet by the fire because she's been out doing whatever she does across the day. Um, she's been mapping the um, yeah, the the tunnels, the underground. As we haven't mentioned before she's an artist. She like draws people's yeah. faces, so she's very keen on like expressions on people's faces mm. and and the area she's within. She she's got a very good memory yeah. for jotting these things down um and he he goes running back in and he, he says in the meantime like what's happening what's happening and, and he goes i did it i did it and he goes come now come now but mina doesn't get up and then he can hear madeleine is chasing him she's really close behind him it's just about to go dark yeah. oh my god and he, he runs into the coop and he locks the door and mina and uh, madeleine are left in the outer area which is ex- accessible by the watchers yeah so it's like, um, like a kind of like almost like a a, a tunnel kind of room, way front room corridor yeah like a corridor yeah. corridor yeah because they described this corridor in the past where mina's had a look at it and you can see there's like blood stains yeah that madeline's tried to scrub away and they just she can't get rid of them so it's yeah. a terrifying spot to be in and then the fucking light flicks on and that's it you know you think well that's it they're fucked yeah, as as he's slamming the door, that light flicks on, flicks on, and Madeline goes to the door and goes like, "I need you to to open the door now, Daniel." Yeah. And Daniel ignores her, and then Mina goes to the door and goes like, "Daniel, whatever it is, we can fix it, but I need you to open yeah. the door." <laughs> they are being so um, calm in the yeah. most terrifying circumstances you could be in. And he he says, "Oh, you know, I'll let you in, but she can't come in." But Mina knows that that that's for Mina. That's that's not an option. So yeah. she's going, but we can sort it out if you let me in. And then it's too late and and their relationship then and it, it kind of confuses Mina because Madeleine is this this very cold and reserved woman, but she shows Mina compassion in that moment. Yeah, she takes so, hold of her hand, like interlocks yeah. her hands together and just like guides her to sit down and just just look down. Yeah, she says to her, doesn't she? She says, she says follow me. Uh, takes her hand, leads her into a corner. They hide in a corner, a pitch yeah. black corner. Whispering. And she, yeah, and she says to her, doesn't she? She says, close your eyes, don't look, and whatever happens, don't scream. Yeah. Oh, and you're like, oh, my God! I think she says, whatever you see, don't scream. Yeah, just don't, she? don't yeah. look at them. Yeah, just yeah. keep your eyes down. And they're, they're in this corner, and she's holding her hand. And if she was that fucking bad at this point, you'd think, well, she would use Mina as bait and distraction. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, But she doesn't. She takes her to the corner and then they're sitting in the corner and Mina leans her head on her shoulder and they're just sitting there. And then one of the fucking things comes in. Uh, Well, it's already been because obviously they've they've looked in the window and they can see two of them are missing. So they're going absolute fucking batshit crazy, these creatures. Like, fuck it, the, the shit that will send you cold. Just yeah. listening to the description. Because two of their pets are missing. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, oh. And I think a load of them go off into the woods, don't they? Thinking that they've tried to escape. 
Yeah, and then they put a shout out and the thing that has been prowling around the room with them and is really fucking close to them and they stink, they smell of, of rotten decay, um, hears the call and runs out. But it, if that call hadn't have happened, it, it was Kittens. literally right by them, about to turn around and see them. And they, they as it runs off, because they're really fucking fast, they 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 get up and they walk they walk to the door in silence and they're like, you know, please can you open the door now, Daniel? Because if you don't, they're going to be back and we're going to be dead. And the door starts to unlock. Well, because they know they plead to Kira, don't they? Yes. Because the... and and it's it's Kira who then gets up and opens. But the, there the, was the door. still a pause. There was a pause. Yeah. Very significant that pause. I thought. Yeah, and and you you think, hang on a minute. I mean, straight away to me, it was evident that that Daniel was a kid who didn't really know what he was doing yeah. and he was prone to lashing out. Um, and they let them in and they lock the door and then the things come back and the things go absolutely even more fucking apeshit. Yeah. Uh, and they almost make it in, don't they? They do. Like this, I think, I don't think it started to crack, but it was like, this... they can hear it. It's it, yeah. It's not going to, like the, the, the windows are, are vibrating. It's like, it's, it's not going to be long till they get in. To the point w- Madeleine runs over and is now thrown her weight against the door because yeah. she's convinced it's going to go. Um, and it, that's when Mina then grabs the, the table. There's a table in the room, but it's so heavy it's never moved. Yeah. And she manages to signal um, to the other two to, to, to move this table and they grab it and they manage to push it against the door and they make it through the night. But they notice by moving the table when things calm down, they notice that there is a uh, indent in the cement in the floor. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then morning comes and they look at the the damage that has has been done, mm-hmm. and they know that they're they're not gonna survive another they're not night. Make it. Not a chance. They you know the watchers are gonna make it in, so they spend that day. They need to smash this indent of this cement because they become convinced that it, it's it's possibly a way out or a way down. Yeah, and this again is where the dynamics of the relationships have have changed. So, Kira at this point. She kind of forgives them for not opening the door for John because she realises now what would have happened if she did. So she's got that, whether it's true or not at this point, but she gives that impression that she's like, no, it's, I don't like it, you know, but I I, I accept it. Daniel, bless his cotton socks, is now so desperate to prove himself and get the trust back. Madeleine and Mina are the two, they're almost equal at this point, not quite. But they're almost equal in the the leadership and the hierarchy of, of the group. And Madeleine says to to Daniel, right, Daniel, I need you to go and find me the biggest rock you can. We've got to smash through this cement. Yeah. Uh, Kira to go and get water. So she goes off to get water. And they have a conversation at this point, Madeleine and Mina. And this is where you find out what the fuck they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she says to her, you know, what are they you know you're not letting on i know you've been hiding something what are they mm-hmm. and that's where she goes into to the folklore of it she says she was a historian and so on and she, and she goes into to the folklore of it and she references fairies and at this point i was like yes because no one ever fucking listens to me when i say that fairies are oh, evil. do you know immediately like michelle's gonna be all over this shit evil fucking fairies <laughs> Everybody always goes, oh, think about it. It's like, no, mate, read your fucking folklore. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Did none of you watch the um, beginning of Labyrinth? They bit that again. They bit his finger. They were evil. He was putting them down for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so again, so she and she references fairies, and then the conversation goes on a little bit. And at this point, after what they've seen, Mina acknowledges that normally this would have been so far fetched for her, but with the shit that's gone down, <laughs> she's she's pretty much open to taking anything at the moment. Yep. And she says, "No, one night I I waited too long, and I saw them." just as I closed the coop door, I'd waited too long they'd come in. Uh, this is Madeleine. And Mina says, what did they look like? Because at this point, she's only seen like claws um, and stuff like that. She And that they're long. She hasn't really seen them. Yeah. And Madeleine turns around and says, it was terrifying. And Mina says, yeah, but what did they look like? And she said, they all look like me. me. Yeah. yeah. Me. And straight away, I was like, it's a fucking changeling. Yeah. <laughs> but that reference of me takes on a different level, doesn't it? Yeah, but you don't know that no, at the time. No, at the time, but later on it's like, oh! <gasps> <laughs> George Roffer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Change, change legs! <laughs> <laughs> Straight away. Um, and then Daniel, bless his cotton sock, he comes back with this big old rock, doesn't he? And, it, and they, he keeps lifting it and smashing it on the floor. Mina wants to help him, although that she acknowledges that she's not strong enough to lift it up anyway. Yeah. It's so fucking heavy that he knows he's done damage to himself. But he's picking it up and he's smashing while Madeleine's watching. And they clear it and it reveals a, like a, anyway, I think to describe it, it's like a submarine hatch, you know, with the, the turny handle. Yeah. Like a bunker. Yeah, it is. Bunker it's, hatch. it's like, and it leads into a tunnel. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd have fucking gone down there in it, would you? Well, I suppose you didn't have a choice. At that you? point, what, what, what else were we going to do? Yeah. Um, do you want me to keep talking or do you want no, to No, you in? carry on. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm sat here, I was like, I'm enjoying this book all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so after some mumming and ahhing, um, Mina decides that, you know, fuck this shit. And she's, she's going down to have a look. She knows that they're not going to survive another night. So she goes down um, and she finds a light and she turns the light on uh, and then she finds a PC uh, and she says to the other all about it. And they follow her down their back now. So Daniel makes it down the hole into this tiny little uh, steel bunker. Madeleine's already down there. And then uh, Kira comes down as well. And she finds a computer and she plays the message. Yep. There's a, a recording message. Oh, by the way, there's also like where these people have been starving, living off of trapped birds in trees for like, yeah. in Madeleine's case, two years. You know, some of these many, many months there is tinned food galore. galore. There's there's fresh water bottled. Yeah. There there is enough food to last you at least what a year, two years. Yeah. That's been sat on top of the entire time. And the dynamics of their relationships there, I think, were presented again as well because you've got Madeleine and Mina are now interested in what they can see. Yeah. And they've they've seen that there's this message, whilst Daniel and Kira are eating and drinking in the corner. Yeah, like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> so there's, there's like children and parents sort of it thing, really isn't it? It really is. So, um, so Mina pushes the button and it's a video message from a professor. Um, Has it killed Matt who, or killed Patrick, but we'll just call him Professor. <laughs> the Professor, yeah. Um, and he was a, a historian and he tells you that he's responsible for building the bunker. And how he built the bunker was he promised ridiculous amount of money to builders mm -hmm. um, and they would uh, come in and they would work for a day and, of course, overnight the watchers would, would come and take them. Very H.H. Holmes, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, proper. Um, and he, he just, it, he, he, it says it took ages. You know, he just did it over and over again. 
um, until they got in. And he, what he'd do is the first thing he had installed was the steel bunker. And overnight, he would go into to the bunker. Mm-hmm. And some of the builders used to think that he was trying to avoid paying them. And it wasn't. It was that he was going down where he was safe. And he says that they're, they're changelings, they're fairies, um, and that he wanted to capture how they do what they, they do. But going back, or can I just say, going back to the workers, it's very, very relevant for young Irishmen, especially at the time that this is set, where mm. there was no work. It was very, it, it was almost like going back to when my, my dad was young in the 50s. These young lads were just out trying to make some money looking for adventure. And, to, and some of them just to feed their families. Yeah, I mean, and then they just kind of just disappear off the face of the earth. And the fact that so it had happened to so many and it hadn't been reported. And no one had come looking for them. Is the shocking indictment yeah. of what it is like when they're, when you're, ha- especially a labourer in Ireland, trying to get work. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you got this, this dickhead. Um, and he says that they're, they're watchers and that the two-way mirror, um, he used to be able to switch it off, but he wanted to see how they changed. And it transpires that they had forgotten they were changelings and he retaught them how to do it yep. just by being there. Uh, and they would watch him and then they would change. They began to change into him. And he said it was so disturbing in having these these so many people because he could turn the light off, which stopped the two-way mirror from being a two-way mirror. Yep. So he could see them. The only other image that he had with him for them to mimic was his wife. Uh, so yeah. he showed him a photo of his a wife. A photograph of his wife, yes. Um, for the, To see how they, they would change uh, in into that. Um, his dead wife. And then he finishes the video call with telling them that there is only one chance of getting out and that they should get out straight away and that they need to delete, they need to destroy everything that he left at the university that he worked yeah. at because it was a you know this is a place that shouldn't be found he he's he's also admitted that he can't do it himself because yep in in an attempt to do it he'd actually injured himself and uh his leg was broken or severely injured and there was not yes. a chance in hell that's why he's left this message for anyone who is there yep. and finds it and give them a chance to get out it's kind of almost like a like a retribution for for what he's done, but it's it's not even tip of the fucking iceberg of what this man's done to those people and their families. And and he's the one that scrawled a stay in the light on top of the fireplace. Yeah. Um, but he says that he, he he's at the point now where he's craving death because he can hear something in the day now in the woods. Yeah. Um, as well. And then the video cuts off. Um, and then. All of a sudden they realise what the time is and they haven't closed the fucking hatch of this safety place. Amina, she doesn't have the fucking yellow one. Not the yellow one! Oh, Jesus, not the yellow one! And you know your heart was going, oh, save the fucking bird! (laughs) Don't you leave that bird! Don't you leave that bird! (laughs) Because they hadn't locked the door to the coop either. (laughs) They can all die and let the bird live. (laughs) So Mina goes running up. Madeleine says to her, don't you, don't you dare, Mina. Mm. And she goes, I, you know, I'm, I told you I'm not leaving without him. So she goes up and she gets the cage and she comes running back and you've got, Madeleine is ready to close that hatch. And you think, is she going to close the fucking hatch with Mina out there? Because yep. you still don't know, you know, where she has moments of, of kindness and tenderness. And she seems to have taken a bond to Mina. Yeah. You just don't know with her. Cause she, yeah. And Anyway, she gets back and she throws the, the cage, I think it is it Daniel or, or Madeleine yeah. down the hole and she jumps down the hole and she locks the hatch and they make it in. 
um, to the hatch overnight and they can hear it that the watchers are, are in and above them and it it's bad. That, right, so at this point they've no fucking choice. You can't go back up. No. You just all you've got is this uh what they discover is it is it like a series of tunnel systems down there. The the watchers have a series of tunnel systems. They don't no, they are literally they've in got like the a, one in, a... one out. Yeah. Alright, yeah, no. So um what it is 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 it, is it daniel and kira both say well we've got the food we're fine we'll stay here we'll we'll weigh it out yeah. but matt uh madeline already already knows like this it's only a, a finite amount of time this is going to last so and she notes a bucket in the corner doesn't yeah, she and she's got an obsession about infection yeah about an infection because she's very much like a, a clean freak when it comes to everything it's like mm. your only place to go for um relieve yourself is a bucket in the corner and soon there is yeah. going to be nothing but disease in this place. We're all going to get ill yeah. and fucking die. So you fill your boots yeah. with food now. And, and in the first light, we are fucking going for it. Yeah. At first, the other two are a bit like iffy about it. But Mina backs her up 100%, doesn't she? Because yes. Mina's like, no, she's right. It's the only thing we can do. She's not wrong. Yeah. We've got we've got to go for it. And then so with the pair of them as, a, as like this power force, the other two just... Uh, have to give in and they have to go along with no it because yeah. they know without them they're dead yeah they know they're just not gonna fucking survive yeah, that's what it is so uh the first light was it was it did he leave them a map no they know they have to go south he left them a that compass. was it yeah and they know at the end of it there will be a uh, a river and a boat with a boat they're waiting for them hmm. and then this oh my god how Gut wrenching was this whole bit of them getting through this fucking woods. There were some moments, wasn't there? So first of all, Mina is carrying the fucking parrot, and everybody says to her, "Should leave the parrot," and she says, "I told you when I was leaving this place, and I was taking my bird with me." And she 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 does. But what doesn't help though is like every time it's near Madeline, it kicks off. <laughs> yeah, you know, you fucking we're sitting fucking target with this bird. It's like, nope, fuck you, I'm taking the bird. Yeah. Um. What's significant here as well and adds to the challenge is Mina, when they got locked out of the coop, Mina had her shoes and socks off yes, that first night. Yeah, it was. Um, um, anything that's left out of the coop is destroyed and taken. Yeah. So she's now barefoot and she's got to do this epic walk that they may or may not make in time because it's also winter, so it's not long summer hours, um, barefoot whilst carrying a fucking parrot cage. Oh, there was all there was all these other significant things we've left out about like Mina and her backpack, wasn't there? So like, with them ripping it to shreds, it 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 was Only taken. Only left was the keys. There was it's like everything that was her and past is gone. There was a whole thing with the playing cards as well. Oh, but we won't go into that. That's for you guys to discover. But yeah, I mean, God, there's already it didn't feel like a lot when you were reading it, but already you're thinking, Jesus, I've left that out and this out. There was so much more. But anyway, sorry, I'm digressing. Because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there was the whole bit as well um, where Daniel is terrified of these these burrows for, or dig outs for where the, the, the watchers go. Yeah. And they get to a significant point where it's getting dark and there's no time to fucking waste. And Madeleine's leading the charge and he they have to cross it. And it was a really touching moment where Mina and uh, Kira reach their hands out and they go to him. 
don't look. We need you to just come with us and follow because they have to. I think they have to step over it or something. They're really fucking close to yeah. it. Um, and they they go to and it, and he trusts them and he does it. And you, th- it shows how childlike he is in his nature to have that level of trust, even though that he's essentially betrayed both of these people, because he betrayed Kira by not supporting her with a decision to let her husband back in, even though it wasn't her husband, and he'd betrayed Mina by locking yeah. her out. But he still takes their hands, and he trusts them, and he crosses, and they get over it, and then and, and they're running, and then are we going to tell them about? It's got, it's got, it's got to be, scene. it's got to be done. It's. Uh, so they they make it yeah. to the boat. Madeleine's flipped the boat over. It's a little bit rotted around the top, but it looks like it'll function. They've got the oars. They're pushing. And we're talking. It's dusk at this point, and they can hear things. So already by this point, Madeleine, who has a, a really uh, intuitive senses, has already said, "I can hear them. They're coming." Um, you know, and and you can yeah. now they everyone can hear them. They're screaming, and you can hear them running through the woods towards the stream. The watchers. So Madeleine and Kira are getting the boat ready and Mina goes over and she goes to get in the boat and she throws the, the parrot in and they go, where's yeah. Daniel? The, all three of them are in the boat and like, where's Daniel? Oh my God. And they, they, you know, Mina, she turns around and she can see Daniel, but he, for some reason he's just standing up there, up in, up in the tree yeah. line, up off the top of the shore. And she, she doesn't want to leave him. So she gets out and again, Madeleine goes to her, don't do no. it, Mina. And she goes, we, we're not leaving him behind. And she gets out and she's halfway up the bank and she sees that he's talking to people and she hears Daniel and Daniel says, John, she needs oh. you, come. And she's halfway up and she gets a little bit closer uh, and, and she, you've got the lot screaming behind her who have now got the boat in the water and are moving slowly away from the shore. Yeah. And she knows that they won't make, wait much longer for her. And she looks up and she, she says, Daniel, that's not John. Because she knows that they're changelings. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it, Daniel has a look of horror in his face. And then he's surrounded by Johns. And he looks at Mina and says to her, run. Oh. So it, it breaks her heart, but she has to, because she's not going to make it to him in time. They're going to, the watchers are going to come to the boat and they're, they're taunting by surrounding Daniel while they're watching. Yeah. The boat's drifted out even more. They're trying to hold on for her, but they can't wait much longer. So she she throws herself in the water. She swims out. And then you don't know if she's going to get in the boat because she's falling out of the fucking thing. They can't get hold of her to get her in because it's in the middle of the stream. Oh, my God. I'm reliving this um, trauma. She manages to get in and... <laughs> and it's literally, it's boom, boom, boom. It's happening, happening, happening. And then she she gets into to the boat and they, they follow the stream and they don't know if they're going to make it or not. So Madeline's rain, rowing and she's rowing like a fucking demon. Yeah. Um, to, to get them going and Mina says will we make it and Madeleine says you know we'll know soon enough you know because the watchers are now coming to the tree line but it's the fa- it was the bit where you missed when they, when they look back and he's just there just surrounded by them there's no chance yeah. for this lad it was, brutal. it was heartbreaking and um yeah and then they, it, it's sunrise um and they go to the dock and, and the, uh, they go to the it shore made it in into the Galway. Uh, and then and made it into Galway, and they, they make it to a, a road just above the shore, uh, and there's no one around, and they and they go, well, we, we can't walk. Uh, yeah. Mina's feet are oh, fucked. You know, she's not going to make it anywhere. Um, and Kira goes, well, we're on a road. There's got to be a car soon. And Madeleine turns around and goes, 
yes, yeah, that this this is a well-used road. And they go, what do you mean? And she goes, look, the, the road is smooth. Like tra- There's a lot yeah. of traffic across every day on it. So they decide to wait, and then a bus comes. Um, and then the bus comes, they get on the bus. It's very, very trippy on the <laughs> yeah, bus Yeah, it's for them. so weird. When you've just been through all this insanity... Because don't forget, they can't tell anyone because anybody will think that they're crazy and, you know, they don't want people to go looking for this fucking And the same time, this bus driver's like, I, I um, don't think I want to know why you like this. <laughs> well, just... Yeah, but I can take you where you I need just, to just, go. Just, just this yeah. tourist bus is like, no, we'll just carry on now back into town. La, 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 la. <laughs> this year, ladies, shattered tolls. No, no, it's all good. We'll get you in now and you'll be fine, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, nice cup of tea. The bus driver says <laughs> you know it. And the bus driver says to him, um, you know, where 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 is everybody going? You know, and Mina says, Oh yeah, they're going to my house with me. Yeah. She makes that decision there and then. Because at this point Madeleine is surprisingly dazed and quiet. Um yeah. and Mina doesn't know if it's just because it's over. You know, she's been there the longest and but, they're out. Yeah, I was going to say, but for such a confident woman throughout their time there, she's insanely quiet yeah. when they are back in civilization. And they yeah. make it to the flat, don't they? Um, Madeleine won't lay down and go to sleep with them. Uh, she, I mean, Mina cooks up a big old fish. She cooks every can of something that's in her cupboard and she realises that no one's missed her. Because she's very estranged from her yeah, sister, and that makes her a little bit sad. Yeah, there's been no fuss made or anything like that. I mean, uh, she she always references the fact that her sister will always call her, but she all text her, and she never really messages back. That's me and my sister. I, I think I have to start replying to Nori. <laughs> that or you have to do like me and send voicemail messages going, I don't know where the fuck yeah. I am, and if you don't hear from me I'm by late, I'll send it to you. You probably respond quicker than my sister. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she sets up, she drags the mattress in and sets the sofa up as a bed. And, and after they, they've eaten, and it's nice and warm, um, and they've got a lamp on because they're actually frightened of the dark now. So they need a little bit of light, not the blazing light that they normally have, but a little bit of light. Um, and Madeleine's standing by the window looking out the window and won't leave. Yeah. They wake up in the morning and Madeleine's gone. And Annette, I've done an awful lot of talking. Do you want to jump in? No, no, I'm just going to... Sorry, I'm just... Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> listening away. Well, no, I mean... Um, Kira decides that she wants to go back to her own place, doesn't she? She wants mm-hmm. to kind of go through the process of getting over John yep. and their life together. But she leaves Mina her um, address. Yeah, because Mina's and phone number. Mina's on a mission, isn't she, to go and de- to destroy the stuff at the uni? Yeah. So it's kind of like, all right, then fair do. Oh, we missed the bit when um, it turned out Kira had actually brought an item back with her didn't she yes which madeleine's not at all fucking happy about no she got really fucking mad before she disappeared in the Mm. night that kira had kept this memento which i can't remember what it was for the life of me yeah um but she obviously keeps it with her when she when she leaves as well so mina goes to the university um gets into the student library um an easy get through because she looks young enough no one really questions her she starts asking about this professor yeah the guy behind the (laughs) behind the counter has got a raging hangover shocking for a student (laughs) so he's just like i don't give a fuck 
take what you need. <laughs> I don't care. Just fucking leave me alone. Yep. Um. So yeah, he gives her everything that like. All right, I'll go get all the paperwork mm-hmm. and stuff like that. No one, you know. Yep. So she she go and she's got this information and she meets this one this w- woman there well student that she refers to as the doll yes because she's just this little like button nose blonde she's I think it's blonde hair blue yeah. eyes this perfect little thing and because uh, she sees Mina going through the bits and bobs and she goes oh is that Professor such and such yep. is things and it's like oh did you know him yeah oh it's such a you know. Oh, a good bit he coming. was a lovely it's guy. A da, da, da. <laughs> Go on in it. Get going. It's a good He's bit. <laughs> and then she's looking through the inf- and then the then uh, Mina finds a photograph, <laughs> and it's it's the professor sat at a table. Yep, 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 yep. Very happy face. Yep, yep, yep. And um, there is a woman sat across yep, from yep, him. Yep, yep. <laughs> This very very small, yep. stout woman, yep. and he, and uh, Mina is very shocked, and she looks to this woman who she'd been di- discussing the professor with, who had told her, by the way, that the professor's wife had died five years of cancer earlier from cancer, mm. and then Mina shows her this photograph and says, "Who's this woman mm. with the professor?" And they go, "Well, that that's his wife." Such a lovely and couple. Who it, such a lovely couple. She was so nice, such a lovely woman. Such a shame that she died from the cancer five years before. <laughs> and who was the woman, Michelle? Well, who had... What face was she looking at? It was fucking Madeline. It was, it was Madeline. Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> she can't take it anymore. But the thing is, where Madeline was very tall, like like six foot, very tall, very thin, yeah. this woman was quite small. Squat. Yeah. So, but it had her face, but not her body. Yeah, because, and we oh, we forgot to mention. I mean, you've got to read this book because there's so many bits that we've missed. But when Madeleine is is telling Mina about the changeling, she says that they they are very they're they're too long. Yep. And they're too too gangly, and they're too strong. And very brittle skin tears like tissue paper and things like that. Yeah. And we forgot to mention that Madeline's wearing this massive blanket, all the fucking massive time. blanket the entire yeah. time. And she's got man hands. Ooh. Mina references got... that she's got like yes. man hands, massive, massive hands. But this woman in this photo is holding a wine glass with these tiny little petite hands. <laughs> so it's like, holy shit, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was absolutely gagged. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was like, what the fuck? And then um, I wondered at that point when she went to the university, I was holding my breath thinking she's going to see the professor because the professor had said that they'd already mimicked him. And yeah. that's why he showed the photo of his wife. So I thought she was going to rock up at the u- university and ask yep. to see the papers of the professor and then go, oh, he's just over here. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, but then this brings it back to what we pointed out earlier yep. was when they were sat down, holding hands, cowering from the watchers, yeah. and Mina asked her what they looked like, and she said, they look like me because that was the picture he held in the window. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, it brought it back round. <laughs> <laughs> You bastard, I love it! <laughs> but we're still 
still not finished. No, it's not. <laughs> so yeah, Mina nicks the shit that she needs to to nick. Um, and she she puts it in a, a a bag, I think it is, and she destroys it when she leaves. Um, and she she goes home. And when she gets home, there's some shit that happens on the way home. But when she gets home, her her front door's been kicked in, like brutally fucking kicked in. And she she knows now that Madeleine is one of the watchers, so she's she's shitting a brick. But she can hear Diella one is going absolutely mental. But no, we talk about on that on that walk home. She's constantly feeling like Madeleine's watching her. Yes, she is. Yeah, the whole time, she's convinced she's watching her the whole way home. That's significant. It is significant. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so she makes it home and her door's being kicked in. So she's bricking it and she goes, "You're Madeleine." Hello. Are you here? Hello. <laughs> Hello. And, and she's not. And she goes in and she does an assessment. And the bird's okay. Um, I don't think the bird has actually got a name, has he? He is literally just the yellow one. No, obviously the, there is his species name, the golden conya. And then what she picks up is just calls him the yellow yeah. one. Um, and she goes in and she thinks, okay, so the, the bird's settled. Nothing's been nicked. And then she suddenly realizes that something has been nicked. It's Kira's phone number and address. <laughs> The only thing that was taken out of the place. Yeah, and she she knows that Madeleine had the hump that Kira had kept something, this little bit of a camera or something she'd found on the way out. Yeah. Um. So she she tries to book a cab, and what I love is she takes the fucking bird with her. Of course. <laughs> of course. So she's taking the parrot with her in the cab, um, and Kira's place is so remote that the the cab driver has to check his sat nav twice. He re-enters the address twice. They pull up to the house. The house is in darkness and the cabman drives away. Now, did this not put you on the back foot, the fact that that Kira was sat in the house in the dark on her own? Yeah, I was like, it is her. Yeah, she's exactly. They were in it like together. You. Exactly. Oh, she's one of them. It was her all along. Yeah. I knew there was something wrong with Kira. <laughs> you didn't like her, did you? No, <laughs> I didn't. Because you know what? Because that would have been fucking me yeah. in that situation. <laughs> Um, and so she, she she goes up to the house and she goes in and it turns out that there was a power cut and she sits down because Kira doesn't know about the changelings um, so she Mina sits down and she tells her everything and she believes her um, and then they they leave they put the bird down and Kira's like a million uh, calendars all over the house and she goes so when, when did the electric go off and Kira goes about an hour before you came <laughs> <laughs> And and then then they hear someone walking on the gravel outside, and they know that there's no way that this house is going to keep them safe if the coop couldn't. They're just no. reinforced, so they start to creep up the stairs. And as they're creeping up the stairs, there's one step that makes a really loud noise. They've left the parrot yeah. downstairs because she's twigged that the parrot kicks off every time there's a watcher about. And well, especially Madeline. Especially Madeline. So they creep upstairs and they go into the bedroom, and they're hiding. And they turn the light off, they've got a torch, and they turn the light off, and they're waiting, and then they hear a thud outside, they hear a thud run over the roof, and then Climbing it goes, up the walls, scrambling outside. up the fucking walls, and then it goes really, really quiet, and they're just sitting there staring at the door, and then they Stop hear it. the same fucking step creak, and she knows that Madeleine's halfway up the fucking stairs. <laughs> I can't do this again. <laughs> and you've got, Kira's picked up a poker, and Mina's like, I don't know what you're going to do with a poker, because... <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do jack shit. <laughs> no. Um, and 
so in the end with the suspense she opens the bedroom door um, and she looks out Madeline standing there uh, silhouetted by the candle that's behind her and it's like she's been waiting for Mina to open the door yeah. And Mina says, we told you, Madeleine, we won't tell anyone. You don't have to do this. Yeah. And this this is kind of a testament to the fact that Madeleine is a little bit more human than you give her credit for. And she's a little bit attached to Mina more than you would realise because yeah. she says to Mina, you might. So Mina isn't her problem. She's no. got a problem with Kira and Mina's Kira, just absolutely. in the middle. Yeah. Um, Anyway, some, some other other shit happens, doesn't it? Annette? Do you want me to carry on? Or um, well, no. It's, doesn't she start revealing the relationship between her and the professor at this point? Yeah, and that's how she knew what her, her backstory was. Um, and and then um, she she anyway it comes to crunch time, and she's had enough. Um, Kira, who's a Fruit Loop, because she decides to take a lunge at her. She sneaks out of another door and takes a lunge at her with a poker. Yeah. Madeleine just with this extra long arm that appears out of nowhere and this clawed hand just grabs her by the throat and has her up the wall. Yeah. And, and hasn't even moved and is still carrying on a breathless, a normal conversation with yeah, Mina. Yeah, like, <laughs> anyway, as I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Mina's going to, you don't have to do this, Madeleine. You know, you, you're not on your own. We, we were supposed to be family. That's why, you know, we got out together and we stay out together. We're not going to yeah. tell anyone. Um, and something that Mina says in the way that she says it to Madeleine, because um, they start talking about the professor and Mina says, you know, he didn't want you to be alone. He wouldn't want his his wife to be alone. So she lets Kira go and Kira collapses on the floor and she she leaves. Madeleine leaves and she says, you know, I, I, I will come back. I will be watching, you know, like. If... Yeah, I'll be making that. If you say anything to anyone, I will. I'm back and I'm going to get. You. Yeah. Um, and, and she leaves. And then we flash forward a few months and. Kira's got her shit together a little bit in the house. Mina's settled in the house, uh, in, in her flat. Yeah, they've got this great friendship that survived it all. Tagging each other back and forth. And she goes, and Mina goes to the, she's going back to the pub. She goes to the pub. She sees the bloke who, who she had the deal about the parrot with. And she offers to pay him yeah. for the parrot. And he says, I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after all that. What a fucking parrot. Yeah, because she, she, she brought an extra large cage. The parrot's not going anywhere. A yellow fella's yeah. not going anywhere. That's her baby. Um. <laughs> And she, she goes outside and she's trying to heal and she's trying to live um, a better life, although she's a little bit um, weird about everything that's going on around her. And she sees someone that she used to see before all this happened and someone who is devoid of emotion yep. and quite featureless. And she suddenly thinks, hang on a minute, is that Madeleine? Mm -hmm. So she stands up, but then, then the woman disappears. A bloke appears next to her and says, you know, is this seat taken? Can I sit down? And she says, yeah, okay. This very odd voice, wasn't it? Yeah, but she's not paying attention because she's thinking about the woman that she's just seen. And then she decides if Madeleine's really appeared, she must need help. And after yeah. all, she promised and they did get out together and Madeleine did save her life. So she makes the decision to look for Madeleine to go and help her. So she goes to take, oh a, yeah, she goes to take a step forward and she looks around and she sees the woman again. And she says, Madeleine, and the woman looks her straight in the eyes. And, and and then she goes to walk again. But as she goes to walk, the really tall gentleman that sat down next to her stands up and says to her, Mina, I was wrong. And she turns around and she goes, what? And she, and she looks what? at this bloke. Yeah. I wasn't the only one that made it out. Yeah. And, and Mina looks at her and goes, Madeleine. And she goes, yeah, you're in yeah. danger. I wasn't the only one that made it out. I was wrong. 
boom. And they're watching you. And they're watching you. Yeah. And as, as, as she says, as she, he says that, another one is now standing next to the woman that she's been staring at who's got the same featureless I- expression. Because they haven't settled on an image. Yeah, and, and, and that's it, ladies and gentlemen. The fucking book's done. <laughs> <laughs> I was earphones off fucking boo. Like, are you kidding me? I turned the page and thought, oh, something's gone wrong. <laughs> no, those those earpods were like ping out of the ears. Are you fucking kidding? Are you can't leave me like that? <laughs> but don't you find some of the best stuff leaves you wanting more? And I I did want more. It was a slow burn. It was a slow start, but it was fucking worth it. And on reflection, there's so many things we haven't mentioned. Yeah. That makes sense. So the fact that you know the professor was a historian studying folklore, Madeleine was a teacher at a university and was a historian and air quotes yeah yeah you know there's references through the book where madeleine she smells things and hears things before anyone else does yeah do you know there's lots of 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 little bits but you're kind of i found i was thrown off and distracted by other things that were really obvious like i was obsessed for quite a while of how fuck did this bunker get built this is ridiculous yeah yeah you know and well, there was the other thing as well, because um, Kira always does portraits. And there was a moment where Madeline says, I thought you had it figured out a lot quicker than this. Yeah. Because you're always studying my face. And it's because Mina, Mina says, I know that there was something, but I thought you were just hiding something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. There is, uh, it felt like such a little book, but it wasn't. There's so much to it. Yeah, 300 pages isn't a particularly big book. No, and because the, and, and the, the events didn't feel massive because there was just a lot of retrospect. Yeah. But they, it was all with a purpose. Uh, but like I said, and I will say this, as like he can have this as a quote. <laughs> this is a quiet book, but when it gets loud, it fucking roars. It's like an avalanche, isn't it? All these little snowballs, tiny, tiny, oh. don't even notice. And then all of a sudden, fucking hell, you're buried alive. <laughs> that whole ending is like, huh, I can't, I, what? I can't keep up. Yeah, What's I, going on? I mean, I, I reread that those last few paragraphs just to make sure that I hadn't misunderstood. <laughs> just that last line, though, they've been watching you. Yeah, oh, well, my God. That whole thing where she felt paranoid the whole time that it was yeah. mad line watching it. No, it's the it's Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. I cannot wait. And I'm clapping my hands like a sado for this author to bring me more books. Well, there's one coming out so in September. <gasps> oh god, if it's anything like this, my god. I, I was really impressed. I, I thought I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I, like I've said, there's there's bits in this book where we've had other really, really good books this year that we've read. Really top stellar books that we'd highly recommend. But this book, there were moments in this book that I can still visualise, and there were little phrases like, I mean, the fella, the, the yellow one, the yellow it's one. It's going to be, st- I, you know, now that's just one of those phrases that's going to be stuck in my head, and it's always going to make me. Gordon Kanye. You, you look like you're having a stroke when you say that. <laughs> Gordon Kanye. No, I'm telling you now, the privilege of. I feel we will be the first podcast to review at least the audio book mm. for sure. This was a stellar 
stellar audiobook. And, uh, uh, the narrator was excellent. Completely kept you in the game the entire time. Excellent. She sold it. Thought, yeah, and it was a female. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> she was amazing. I cannot recommend listening to this enough. Good. Me either. Read it. Listen to it. I want a film of it. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. This, I mean, how Netflix hasn't bought this already. <laughs> this pisses all over Bird Box. <laughs> definitely. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. This kicks its fucking ass. And, it should be made. And this should be, you know, if, if this is made, the way to do it would be with the suggestion of the horror. You know, like, because he doesn't overly describe them in the book. You never really get a look. You never get a description of their faces or anything like that that I recall, other than that they're long, they smell, they've got... So you could do this where, you know, proper old school, where your imagination would do the horror for you. Yes. A hundred percent. It's just, you could just imagine those screams that the watchers make. It's like, I couldn't, I couldn't picture it i couldn't hear it but i felt it yeah. from the the way he spoke even though you know he's not giving you pitch intonation nothing like that you felt it mm. in like chilling you to the bone this was proper this this was this was clever stuff for me this was this was clever it wasn't in your face it wasn't gore no. for the sake of gore uh it no. wasn't something that has been done a lot you know like, I'm, no i loved it i'm definitely 100 this is a recommendation from me and i think that even if you're not going to read it now, everybody should go and buy it because this guy needs to be bumped up the charts. Honest to God, you need to get that. You need, and again, if you if you're not a reader, you're a listener, please get on Audible now. Get this copy and get you know, oh, get him bumped up on that respect as well because he's amazing. Yay! We love it. We love it, and we love promoting some Irish authors. <laughs> yeah, we want. More. I love it. More Irish horror. I want a ton more. I think I need... Please, please, please. If anyone has any recommendations of Irish horror, please share them with us. Because this just just made me so happy. Yeah, that was good. It was was really good. More, 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 more. (laughs) And we have... I think, well, you know, I will probably pre-order the September one. I think think I might have to. I've I've got some credits left over from some books that didn't make the cut. (laughs) <laughs> it's a pre-order, so it might pre-order. it might have to it will be yeah probably won't get to the audio till next year but i'm like do you know what it was that good i might even splurge and get a paperback <gasps> do it do it do it do it what's that tell you that you know i have no time for it apart from graphic novels in general i mean i have a shit ton of books i've got some the the to read pile is extortionate <laughs> <laughs> but i think i might have to get this get i might have to get the next one I, th- I, th- I think it would be good if we both did the same format. I think we should do that in an episode. Both do the same format. Ooh, it might take me a while. I'm not the quickest <laughs> reader. <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll put we'll put that on the back burner for now. I will learn. I'll take some lessons on quick reading. <laughs> oh, no, because then you don't enjoy it. And it's you should enjoy it. So, no, we we'll scrap that idea. It was a bad idea. Dilly, 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 undo, undo. Um, well, yeah, I mean, a recommendation for me, clearly a recommendation for Annette. I think we 100%. have chatted quite a bit. I think we should love and leave our listeners now. And what have we got next, my lovely? 
Next, we've got a ramble, my darling, and mm-hmm. it's going to be who would be your literary battle squad? So any fictional character, and you know any parameters, any fictional character in a yep. book. Any genre. Any genre. Does this include graphic novels? Do you want to include graphic novels? Mm, yeah, why not? You can have, what, should we say you're allowed at least one, maybe two out of graphic novels, maybe. Okay. You can't have Sandman, though. Why can't I have Sandman? Because <laughs> he trumps everything. <laughs> okay, I can't have Sandman. Fine. <laughs> yeah, all right. So we'll, we'll leave out the graphics. We'll save that for something else. Yeah. Maybe. Or you can have one. You can have a token graphic. Token graphic that can't be Sandman. <laughs> Agreed. A token graphic that can't be Sandman. Yeah, because he trumps everything. Come on. <laughs> he does, but you forgot my other passion. Oh, no, no. No, not her either. <laughs> too late, too late, too late. God damn it. Too late. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no one from a Neil Gaiman universe, god damn it. <laughs> ah, see, you made a judgment and you judged incorrectly. Gosh, damn Because when you said Sandman, I thought you meant that universe. So I didn't go with the one that you're now thinking of. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't like this. I'm ch- I'm not doing this ramble anymore. <laughs> no, you're allowed one 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 graphic token. The All rest right, of your squad gra- have to be literature. All right, fair dues. And what? How uh, do we have a number of? As well, you're going to have to have at least two. If you're going to have a graphic one, you've got to have at least a because you need a squad. Two minimum. What five maximum? Agreed. But you don't there have we to go. have five. Two to five. Two to five. All right, fair dues. If anybody out there has uh, their own squad that they would have to back them in. Message the- Shell. Message Shell. Don't message Annette. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, you know you like me more. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Tommy, I've known you since the old days. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Um, so I mean that should be a, a, a good ramble. Yeah, be cool. We'll give it a giggle. I think I think. What about A team and B team? Like your A your A team How ones and then like the what the fuck squad. Yeah, no, I think that'd be good. Okay, we have an A team and we have a B team. Yeah, just just for the weird shit. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's gonna get too sensible. We need some weird shit in there. Yeah, now let's do it. So you've got an A team and you've got a B team. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so you got like yeah, ju- that's going to be fun. Justice, Justice League or Suicide Squad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Cool. Or Justice League versus ju- uh, Justice League Dark. Yes. Yeah. Oh, look, see, you've gone next level now. You know, I'm just a tourist in that world. <laughs> if anybody can, you obviously Carl can't see me, but I am cleaning. <laughs> uh, yes. Um. Yeah, I think that's it from us, and we'll see you after that. We're doing a, a British horror. So we're doing Beneath the Shadows by Sarah Foster. Yeah. Narrated by um, Lorna Bennett. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, that'll be narrated by uh, Lorna Bennett. Clock's in at uh, 9 hours 35 on Audible, my darling. And it sounds like a very um, spooky little shindig, doesn't it? On the auction moors. Oh, that's another one not too far. Oh my mm. God, it's all getting a bit close to home. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will love and leave you, and we will see you soon. Take care, me little yellow fellas. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Crones in a Book. If you want to follow the show on social media for extra content, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube and Facebook at Two Crones in a Book. And on Twitter, we are at Two Crones Pod. Or if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great day.